welcome to the B-Side Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by Justin with Serviceside. What's up, Justin? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Welcome. I mean, so let's talk a little bit about Serviceside. You want to explain exactly what it is? Yeah, for sure, man. And again, I appreciate you having me on. Um, I always jump in a chance to, to talk about service side. I think it's uh, a great program. Um, so real quick, I'll give you a little background on how I got started in the service side. Um, I actually was laying in bed one night, saw an Instagram ad about joining a hunting community, get paid to film your hunts, hunt with people across the country, etc. Save some uh, save some money on de- uh, partner discounts. So I was like, you know what, I'm going I'm to check this out. Um, wasn't a big fee, wasn't a big membership fee. I was like, I'm going I'm to check it out. Um, I literally uh, was like, they were having an event. So they were having an event in Pennsylvania. I actually had some vacation time from work. Uh, it was a fishing tournament. I was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to that and just kind of check it out. Back then, flights were cheap. It was 2017. So flights were literally like, you could get to Pennsylvania and back for like $100. Um, so I was like, you know what, hundred bucks, the fishing license was like a three day license, super cheap. I think that was around a hundred bucks or less or whatever. Um, and I actually fished New York and Pennsylvania. So I ended up linking up with a, uh, with a service side guy in New York. Um, we started fishing, hanging out. Um, and then I went to that event. Um, kind of how I played it was service side had a Facebook page. So I was like, Hey, I'm going to come up there. Uh, do some fishing, check everyone out, um, see what service side's about. And he's like, why don't you come up a couple days early and you can fish with me? I was like, really? And he was actually a fly fishing guide. He was in service side. I was like, yeah, I'd love to do that. So went up there, fly fish with him a few days. We went to the event together. It was an awesome trip. Probably one of the most memorable fishing trips I've ever had, just meeting a complete stranger. Um, stayed at his house. His wife was on deployment um, in Afghanistan. Um, so he was just kind of hanging out. So we made a fishing day, me, him, and the dog, um, became best friends. We're still friends to this day. We're actually going to hunt geese in New York this year together. I won a goose trip. Um, and he was the first person I called to, to come as my guest. Um, but we became really good friends. So I went to that event. I got an idea of what service I was about. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to pull the trigger on this. Like I'm going to join it. Doesn't seem like a scam. These are real people. Had a great time. We ate food, you know, drank some beer. Everyone was great. Um, so I joined service side. So I was a member for about four years. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm uh, covering from a little cough here. Um, but I was a member for about four years, field staff member. Um, service side decided to start hiring. Uh, they kind of got to the point where they needed some help. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check this out. Um, I was a very interactive field staff member. I was always one of those people that, you know, you always want to give more than you get. So I was getting a lot from service side. I was going on hunt links. I mean, I was literally hunting with people all over the country for, for cheap. Everyone's like, where do you get all that money from? And I'm like, I, I'm middle class. I had a regular job, work, you know, 10, 12 hour days like everybody else, some weekends. Um, I didn't have a ton of extra money in the bank, um, but I saved so much money going to these places. I was like, well, why not? You know, a couple hundred dollars, I can go hunt another state. Um, so I literally took full advantage of the program. When I took full advantage of the program, it kind of just like dived me into it. You know, I literally had my feet locked into it. Um, I got invested and was like, you know what? 
I think I want to make this a career. Um, excuse me. Um, so I was like, you know what? I really want to make this a career. So they were hiring a customer service position. I did customer service and uh, company growth at my last job. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to check it out. I was like, I kind of put my finances together, <clears throat> decided what I wanted to do and pulled the trigger. Talked to Jimmy, talked to Torrin at the time. Um, he's since moved on uh, to a fly fishing job in the industry, but um, talked to both of them and we decided that we're going to give it a shot and see what I could do. Well, fast forward now, uh, I'm the operations guy here. I run pretty much everything here at service side. Um, you know, minus a few other things that Allie runs and, and Jimmy. Um, but for the most part, I handle a lot of the membership stuff, customer service, any of the operations, anything we have going on, the podcast, socials, um, pretty much anytime you talk to someone through service side, it's usually me. Um, and I know everyone personally on a personal level. We are over a thousand members in all 50 states. Um, I there's probably not one person that if you said their name, I wouldn't know something about them, whether it's what state they live in, what type of hunting they do. Um, and that's the great thing about service side. It's not number one or number a thousand or number 150. Um, I honestly don't even like saying the word field staff or member or anything. I like to say team or family because that's what it is. Um, and a lot of people say that's what they have. Um, but at the end of the day, we've all kind of seen it and I'm not here to bash anyone. I like to keep things positive, but you know, people say family and they couldn't tell you your name or what type of hunting you do. Um, you know, I, you know, I may not talk to everyone as much as I should just because we're so busy right now with hunting season starting, but I do know everyone by name. Um, just like when you reached out to me, we talked through Facebook. We've talked before. I definitely plan to get out to Louisiana and do some hunting with you. Um, I always try to fit in usually like eight to 10 hunt links a year, but now I got a kid. So I kind of slowed that down, um, but I still always get out there and you know, I always like to throw this one in and, and I'll let you take back over here. But uh, I always tell people like with our membership, like I don't get paid to hunt. So working in the hunting industry, there's this huge misconception. No one gets paid to hunt. I talk to hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of people um, a week. And I know a lot of big names in the industry and no one's getting paid to hunt. Actors get paid to hunt. Um, you know, people that have the money to put out a show and stuff have you know get paid to hunt um but no one really gets paid to hunt and um i tell people when i go on all these hunt links and stuff i actually do it on my own time and my own dime um i do it on the weekends off um i don't work when i'm there i do rep the brand because that's that service side's a big part of my life not just my career but it was a part of my life for a long time um before and i always tell people when you see me out there that's why i'm on the weekends so i try to make sure i always have a nice hunt link planned um, but it's a great program, man. If anyone's ever interested, you can always hit me up. I'll tell you more about it. You can check out our site at serviceside.com. Um, and another thing we do is, I didn't even mention everything that Service Side's about, but I will throw this in there, you know, doing things like this. You know, you're a member of Service Side. Um, I will always go out of my way and Service Side will too for any of our team members, especially those ones that have been in for a while. Um, when they need something or, you know, they start their own guide service or their brand or their podcast, we want, you know, we want to lift hunters up. We want to help you. Um, obviously, we like to keep that balance of like spam and advertising, but we never have an issue with it. Um, you know, we support small business over big business any day, um, especially when it comes from within. So long-winded answer, but that's a little bit about service side. <laughs> oh, no, that's great because, I mean, you covered it. And let's talk a little bit about the hunt links more. Um, 
which I think is a cool thing. And I just, I ain't had the time just because of how I work. But um, you like the hunt links, you can basically, when you become a member of it, of Servicide, they got, I don't know, well, last time I looked, I think there was like 10 or 15 different hunt links and it'll be like, and I mean, it's everything. It's not just like, oh, let's go whitetail hunting in Kansas. It'll be like, um, you know, a goose hunt in New York or, you know, a conservation hunt wherever. And it, mm-hmm. it's basically you pay for your room and the members will help you out, tell you, kind of guide you in the right direction. And um, and also the app, like the service side app is great. You know, I go on there all the time and everything I post on my Facebook now on the B side Facebook gets posted onto the app, but I'm actually on the app as a, nor as a person, not as my, because I'm a member first to service side in that situation. And then I'm a, um, a, my own business, but, um, so. so. You know, when I had seen you started the podcast, uh, you and your bud, I was like, man, that's so awesome. Like I love, one thing I've noticed, and we actually just did a podcast on this recently about getting the secrets, the deep diving, dirty secrets of getting to my back. Yeah, you're back. <laughs> hey, at least my computer lets me know so we could keep the editing <laughs> off. So um, like I was saying, it's not just about, hey, you know, we're going to go kill 200-inch whitetail bucks. Um, it's about way more than that. Um, so with these hunt links, man, I mean, I'm sorry, with the, with you doing, you know, getting out there, one of the secrets that I learned was um, you have to emerge yourself. You get what you put in. So if you want to get your name into there, it's not just about hunting 200-inch whitetail deer. I don't, I've never killed a 200-inch whitetail deer. I've never come close to killing. I've never seen one in the wild. Um maybe at like a safari park or something um, or, you know, or a high fence area. But <laughs> I literally, I've got this mad cough. I've been sick for like a week, but um, so I always tell people, I'm like, that's not the secret to getting into the industry. The secret to getting into the industry is making your own podcast, networking with other people, joining a group like service side we have over a thousand members you get to know people you're not going to like everyone you meet but you are going to meet some people that might be your best friends the guy that's going to be the best man at my wedding i met in service side um you know some of my best friends that i talked to i met through service side talk to them more than people that i went to high school with or was in the army with <clears throat> it's just one of those things where we bond over hunting and fishing just being outdoors and that bond is just so strong you know way stronger than any other bond and even though i was in the military i almost feel like the service side bond maybe because hunting was a part of my life for so long and the military was only you know one contract you know i've been hunting since i was 10 11 years old maybe maybe before that um that's just what i remember so um i tell people like that's the secret to getting in there and people like you and your bud where you guys you know, you, you put what you, you know, you get what you put in. Um, I tell people that, that try to join service side and I'm not here to bash anyone. Like I said, but I've had people that say, well, you know, I got this amount of views on YouTube or I got this. And I'm like, well, you know, that's great. I love that. And, and hopefully we can bring something to the table to help you get better. Um, but service side's about more. It's about community. It's about culture. It's not about who you are or what you've done. That's great. And I love that. 
Um, but it's about way more because I'll be honest with you, and I'm an honest person. Industry's flooded, man. I could look at my phone, and it always cracks me up because uh, I don't I don't know if I can say this on the podcast, so I'll try to tiptoe around it. But uh, I was like, it's almost like getting like a like an unsolicited photo to your phone all the time. All I get is people sending me like doesn't even have words with it. It's just a dead animal. I'm like, cool. What's the story? Or great buck. Tell me a little more about it. So like, as much as I love that, it's about so much more. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it, that's like, like I was, we were talking about before and like with the podcast and with the YouTube channel for me, if, if I, once I get monetized and start making money, it's not to make millions of dollars. I don't want to be YouTube famous. I want enough that when I go make a hunt or, you know, go make a fishing trip, I can at least offset the cost. Yeah. Cover expenses, cover expenses. Mm -hmm. um, And actually (coughs) you were talking about networking. I've actually had a couple of members in South Louisiana reach out for various reasons. You know, like um, one of them's uh, Daniel with Swampland Outdoors. Oh, was about about trap because I'm a big proponent of knowing the reasons to trap and how to trap ethically. So he's he sent me questions asking, you know, just different things. He's like, man, I don't want to bother you. And I'm like, it's not a bother. I love it. Like, and I love the fact that people want to get involved in it, you know? Oh, dude, I'm I want to get involved in it. My state's a little with it right now like with the rules and stuff but it, it can be done there there are processes to do it um that's something that i definitely want to get into especially with coyotes because we've really grown our turkey population here i mean it's it's out of control like when i do a hunt link people can come down and kill birds here um you know and we have such a huge population that we you can actually take hens and gobblers um, we can kill two hens. I think it's two hens. Don't quote me on that. But we can kill four birds a year. It actually just doubled this year. Um, but there's so many that you can without it affecting the population. Because just like anything else, man, a turkey ain't no different than a deer. You get too many deer, they don't eat all the food. Overpopulation is that. That's why we have conservation. So just because a hen is a hen and just because a doe is a doe doesn't mean you don't take them. Um, you know, I, you know, kind of shifting gears to bass fishing, you know, I talk to people all the time, like, oh, I let every bass go. I'm like, that's awful. Like, cause if you've caught 30 dinks in, a, in an area and you let every one of them go, they eat all the food. You have to maintain, you have to know the balance. Now, with that being said, you have to know your area too. If you catch 30, 30 dink bass in your creek and you turn them and you keep them all because you're like, oh, there's too many dinks and that's all the dinks there were, then yes, that's a huge difference. You know, you'll have a couple bigger bass, things like that. But just like anything, there's conservation um, and trapping is a huge part of that. And I feel like, you know, we can say, I'm not a big fan of hearing the the excuse. Um, well, it's too much pressure. There's too many hunters. Dude, don't, I don't, I don't even want to hear that, dude. I, this is not 1940 where if you didn't hunt, you didn't eat that day. It's not, you can, you can be dirt cheap. You can be homeless. You can be homeless with nothing and get food somewhere. Um, whether it be a McDonald's or whatever, panhandle real quick, get you $5. You can go get a meal at McDonald's, you know, inflation, all that out the window. It doesn't matter. I literally anyone can get a meal now, uh, especially down here in the big city. You know, they have food trucks and meals on wheels and all that stuff. Um, I do a lot with, uh, you know, it's almost like hunters for the hungry, but it's, it's not, um, 
But, you know, when we have extra venison and stuff, we'll go to lower income areas and help out. Um, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it, it's a lot bigger picture there. Um, so I always tell people, I'm like, the, the pressure thing doesn't, doesn't fly with me. Um, I actually did something not too long ago where um, I actually even had a police officer tell me once I was at a WMA, very hunted, very hard. They say they poach it 24-7. It's really lawless place. I had a police officer pull in once. I'd killed a bird. You know, we were talking. He's like, where'd you get that bird at? I was like, in here, you know, whatever. We were just talking. Um, he's like, I, ain't no, I didn't think there was nothing in here. And I'm sitting here talking to him. I'm like, well, you ever hunted? He's like, no, but I, you know, I see a lot of people. I figured the pressure. I'm like, nah, man, that, those birds, they, they're hanging out around the, the, uh, the parking lot in the trees. And then as they see all the hunters walk in the woods, they get down and feed. And then the thing about Florida is turkey jumps right back in the tree. I had a buddy down here this year and turkey jumped in the tree at 12 o'clock. I guess took like a nap and literally jumped back down at like one o'clock and went on feeding. Like they, they would jump into trees and, and take a rest or whatever. So, um, very unusual, but that's how it is in my area. Um, so that that doesn't go with me um i think that every area has something to offer but you do have to know what's up with that area you know like my where i live we have a ton of turkeys ton of hogs we don't know deer where i'm at now there's a wma 15 minutes from me that has good deer hunting but where i'm at i'm surrounded by orange groves and farms and kumquat you know things and and um uh, christmas tree farms things like that so we don't have deer. I think it's just from the old days, the farmers killing all the deer out. But come on, man. Like, you know how it is. People hunted a lot more back then. You just see it more now because we're doing podcasts. You're in Louisiana. I'm in Florida. We're talking right now. They weren't doing that in 1950, yeah, 1960. You know? And, you know, you were talking about the, the birds being close to the parking lot. My dad, um, every year, they got a group that goes up to Missouri to hunt public land archery. And he was like, they're sitting at the truck talking on the tailgate and he said the biggest buck he's ever seen in his life walks out into the parking lot and looks at him like what you doing and he said nobody hit nobody could reach their bow fast enough to get a shot dude that's how it is man <laughs> i've i've seen deer in turkey when i'm when i'm getting back and i can almost see the reflection of the truck i'm like all right and i pull the binoculars out and i'm looking because i always see something right there i always jump something up when i'm like 50 yards from the truck yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's always, you know, and they always pop out when you least expect it. Like, I actually, the place I hunt at, the biggest buck I've seen on that property, I got to my four-wheeler, unloaded my rifle, set it in the rack, and a doe ran across the road, like, 20 yards from me, and he was right behind her. Stopped broadside in the road and looked at me like, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> and just took off running again i was like man. you know you had mentioned you had mentioned hunt links and i kind of went down a rabbit hole my mind is always bouncing around and i feel like i didn't answer that right so when you when you uh i kind of went off on a, on a tangent there but i wanted to um bring that back up so pretty much what hunt links are um in service side is it's the way i like to look at it it's a dating app for hunters it's literally your swipe left, you swipe right. Like you, you can see if you want to do this, you can see if you want to do that. But the key, the key is so simple and so basic. And I think a lot of people, um, when I brought this up before and I went down a different rabbit hole, I think a lot of people think too much into it. The key is that networking. 
get to know each other. Me and you message each other. We text each other. We we talk. I'm going to Minnesota this year on a duck hunt. And we're actually trapping and duck hunting. So we're going to duck hunt and then trap in the day um, because I wanted to see what it's like where he's at. Um, so me and Greg have been talking actually on the phone for about two or three years. I've um, been trying to go out there, kind of been keeping my own ticket prices because it's very expensive to get out there um, and just kind of doing it that way. Well, finally got a ticket, 150 bucks, round trip, going out there. Uh, the license is cheap because I'm just doing some waterfowl and tra helping with trapping. Um, so I'm not going to get my big game license, but um, we're meeting up this year. We've been talking for years. So that's the key to those hunt links is, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I've done some where someone had um, white-tailed deer in Ohio for a Florida turkey. All right, am I back? You're back now. All right, where did I cut out at? Um, you did a <clears throat> uh, white-tailed deer in Ohio for turkey in Florida. Yeah, so um, like I was saying, um, we – We've done just where I have met people on the fly and I've traded something for something, but a hunt link is about so much more. So a hunt link can be uh, me and eight other guys are going to New York on a snow goose hunt from all over the place. There's all, all kinds of us that are going. Um, I literally wanted a snow goose hunt. I made a post that said, hey guys, I want a snow goose hunt. I have a really good hookup there. He's a member. He's a guide. He's got a bunch of leases. Um, he says that there's a good chance that we can get on some birds um, and he's pretty successful every year. So I was like, that's what I want to do. I'm like, who wants to come? Well, dude, it took like a day. I had eight people were fully booked. Um, still got people wanting to go, um, but we got to keep it at a certain amount, you know, just so we can kill some birds. But um, a hunt link's about so much more. We've had guys meet up and we had a couple guys that got together and went to Wyoming on a, on a over the counter uh, antelope hunt. Um, we've had, uh, some guys that went on a backpack trip out West together. They're like, Hey, you want to go on an adventure? Let's go check it out. Um, was unsuccessful their first year. And then the second year they went out, they got it done. Uh, when the guys got on a bull. So lots of different examples like that, but overall a hunt link is you either want to meet up with someone and go do certain type of hunting. It can even be, I have a guy that wants to hunt Kansas, um, and doesn't know a lot about public land, but he's a very good hunter out of Georgia he actually meets up with a guy in Kansas that knows where to hunt, but isn't that experienced. He, he, you know, he'll, you know, he'll kill some things and stuff like that during rifle season, but um, he wants to kind of uh, evolve his hunting skills, if you will. So he's going to meet up with him, learn some new public land areas. You know, they can go do their own thing. They can come back. They can meet hunt together. A lot of options. It's not a one size fits all. But the great thing I love about that is at ServiceSide, we facilitate that. So um, I've been on over a dozen of them. Um, usually I'll do like six to eight of them a year. Um, really great experiences. I've met some awesome people, like I mentioned before. Um, but you can always post anything. It's, it's literally anything. We've even had guys go where they just went. We call it a meetup, but they're like, they went in snowmobiling in Colorado. Like, we do hunting and fishing, but you know, it can be anything. There's no one size fits all. It's that, that dating app. You're going, going on a hunt date. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, um, like I said, I just ain't ever had time to use the hunt link, but I'm definitely like, if I want to do something because you know, it's, it's like this. If somebody wanted to hunt the swamp down here, I could get you in the right direction. Do I want to hunt the swamp down here? No because mm. I know the issues of hunting the swamp down here, you know, but I could do it if somebody wanted to kill a swamp deer. 
right. don't think anybody would because there's no body mass to them and there's no rack size ever to them. Hey, but, you'd be surprised, man. I actually have one hunt link this year. Um, guy in Georgia is doing a whitetail grand slam and he needs a seminal deer. Or it's like a blood. I don't know a lot about it. I'm not going to get into it. We don't want, we don't want the, yeah. the, the white toe police to start <laughs> commenting on here, but um, it's like a seminal, it's a certain bloodline or something. And he's coming down here to, to tackle that and try to get it done. So I always tell people, man, never discount what you have because I know a guy that has black squirrels in Louisiana. I've been trying to get out with him and hunt them. Like that's something I would go travel for. And I know you mentioned time. Dude, time's a huge issue. I understand that too. That's why when I do them, it's a little harder now with the kid, but I do a weekend. We try to get it done in a day or two if we can't, man. And that's why I continue to find cheap deals and I try to take the cheapest way out. If I can take a week off, like I'm going to take three days off to go on that one trip. But I also want to meet up with guys that we're not hunting with that are in that area. We want to go all get dinner, grab a beer. I want to get everyone that's in that area to meet up, even if they're not hunting. So I try to, you know, I kind of put that into my plan. But time, time would be the number one issue for a lot of people. But if you think money's the issue, money's definitely not the issue. You can put 50 back, bucks back a check. You can have, you can do some good stuff with that if you bargain, bargain shop is the way I like to look at it. <laughs> but, but, you know, you talk about networking and, um, so last week's guest, we were, it was, I saw her on TikTok and she was huge in the fishing, you know? And so I just messaged her and I was like, Hey, do you want to be on a podcast? And like within 30 seconds, she was like, I've never done one. I was like, you make TikToks, you can do a podcast, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> the podcast isn't the hard part of it. And, um, you know, since then she's like, if anytime you want to come tech white tail, uh, white tail hunt in Texas, let me know, or I'll come access hunt in Texas. I got connections for that. And I'm like, all right, if you ever want to come fishing here, you know, let me know. Cause she's all of, she's a big time fisherman. So dude, networking is networking is King, man. Like I tell people all the time, if you have that, um, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine mentality. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be get, I probably should rephrase that. It's not about getting something for something, but if you're willing to help someone like do something or accomplish something while you are also getting, you know, why not? <coughs> All right. You're back now. No, but, what did uh, I cut out? Sorry, man. I don't, uh, I pay for high speed internet and everything. Got updated zoom. I don't know why it does that. It could be your, uh, your modems. My neighbor has that problem. He like my internet doesn't cut out nearly as much as his, but my modem is like four years newer than his. Hmm. So, it, but uh, but yeah, you uh, you were about you were explaining about it's not about getting the I scratch your back, you scratch mine. It's not about getting back, you know, necessarily. Yeah, and it's it's not, man. It's not always so much about getting something for something, but why not have a win-win-win scenario? Like if I can come out to your area, save some money on a hotel by crashing your spare room, you know, get to know you, eat dinner together. I went to Ohio, and um, so the guy that, that hunted with me in Ohio on his last hunt link, he came down here and got an Osceola, him and his brother, um, on public land. They came down here like 2, 3 in the morning. We literally went out that morning, got him a bird. Um, it was a great time, great experience. When I went up to him, he was getting some renovations done on his house. So I ended up staying in a hotel. Normally, though, 
I'll usually crash at someone's house and save a ton of money. But even so with that, he's like, hey, I'm getting reno done on the house. We don't have the spare room. The couch is taken. He's like, but got me a hotel that was right near his house. Super cheap, man. was awesome. I literally was only sleeping there um, for the couple hours we slept. Um, so I didn't even need it. But normally I'll stay at the person's house, save a ton of money. I actually had Thanksgiving dinner with his family. Um, that was I was not, I was expecting to be in a hotel room by myself. And his grandma was like, uh, uh, like you're coming to dinner. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, like you're, what are you talking about? And I was like, dang, like how, you know, how nice of you to do that. Like, that's very, um, that's very, uh, a lot of hospitality there, if you will. Um, so like I, like I said, you know, at the end of the day, man, that's what service side's about. And I talk to people all the time. I'm like, well, anyone can do that. Have you guys seen what happens on Facebook? That doesn't happen with us. Like it doesn't happen. We don't even have to tell the people that the type of people that we let in service side are good, you know, are good. Um, that's the best way I can, I can put it. Um, you know, we don't, I, I've literally, I couldn't even tell you the last time I've had to tell someone to like chill, you know, or like, don't do that. I couldn't even tell you. It's been so long and so many years. And I think the last time was more of a miscommunication than anything. Um, I, I don't, we never have that issue. So I tell people, I'm like, good luck. I, I wish there was more hunting communities like this. I really do. I wish there was a ton more, um, but I'm yet to see it. And the thing about service site is we deliver on that. Um, we take care of our team. We put our team first. Um, like I said, I honestly, I'm in pocket probably more than I should be. I'm always getting yelled at, like, get off your phone. You know, what are you doing? It's 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, well, somebody needs me. Somebody has a question. Um, I want to make sure that I'm always there for them. Cause I want to make sure everyone's always getting the most out of service side. Like I did when I was field staff, you know? Yeah. And I, I you say that, but like, I, I always joke, like my phone will start going off like crazy. And my wife's like, what is that? And I was like, Oh, Justin finally got on the app. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, cause it, I said, all of a sudden you get all kind of likes cause you're going through the post from the day. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a little bit bad about the, um, I'm, I'm being honest with you, man. I've really gotten bad about social media. Um, I, I'm not a big social media guy, like in the aspect of like, I don't like it. I don't like what it stands for. I don't like what it's about, but I tell you what I do like. I like the reach. I like the connection. So it's like one of those things that's a catch 22. It's like, I love being able to talk to you in Louisiana through it, but I freaking hate having to deal with all the crap that comes with it. So it's really one of those things, man, where, I try to take the good with the bad or the bad with the good, but I really don't like social media. So I don't get on it as much as I should. I probably should be more active. So I need to get out of that, like, you know, 11 o'clock going through every single thing. But I also want to make sure that like, I never miss anybody. So like I leave, I've probably got like 50 messages on my phone right now unread and I just go through them, make sure I answer it properly, make sure I take care of it. Um, because I'll forget it. I'll open up a message and start doing something or put a package together or jump on a phone call or something. Uh, somebody tells me a spelling's wrong on a description of a podcast and I'm jumping on here to fix it. And then all of a sudden I've done forgot your message. And three months later, I, I always do a weekly go back where I go through everything to make sure I don't forget on all the socials and stuff. But um, I would, I always, I always didn't want to be, I guess one of those people that like just left you on red or just like ignored you as busy as I am. 
it's still like, you know, that's not something service I wants to be about. You know, I hear people all the time, like I couldn't get it. And I'm like, well, don't be mad at that company because I understand it's really easy to open a message and forget about it. Very easy. That's not personal. Nine times out of 10, it's not personal. So yeah. uh, you say, yeah. Uh, and you know, one thing I like about the service side, because we, we have the private group and then don't they have a public group too? We do. So Serviceside Nation, um, it's our public group. Uh, it's a little over 6,000 people on it, I believe. Um, I definitely don't do as much on that as I should too. Most of the actions in that private page. Yeah. I, um, Me and Allie have been updating accounts and making sure everyone's on everything. And um, that private page, I would say, gets the most engagement. It's always popping, you know, over 100 posts a day usually. Um, I checked the app the other day. That, that does pretty well too. We, the app is great. Um, we wanted to make that hunting app because we didn't know where social media was going to go is the best way I like to put it. Um, I don't know if a lot of y'all know, but we've been shadow banned for years. Like that's why we don't do much on, on social media. We've been shadow banned for a long time. Um, they say we're not and all this stuff, but I can see, I can, you know, I can see the numbers I can tell. Um, so we don't waste money or time with stuff like that. If I'm going to put money and time into something and you know service i say i but service side as a whole um it needs to be worth it for the team and wasting time on social media does not benefit our team it, it just doesn't um, we want to communicate and you know be in pocket and be able to you know uh let everyone know what's going on and stuff but you know getting our name and brand and stuff out there isn't what we're trying to do we've been around since 2011 um, we like to grow the way we grow because it keeps it exclusive. Uh, it keeps service side exclusive than instead of a free for all. And that's why, you know, when someone says, well, why should I pay to be a part of that or whatever? I'm like, well, we're self-funded. Um, we don't have a, we don't have a sponsorship saying sell our product or push our stuff. We don't do any of that. We do have over 200 partners, um, but those are companies that believe in what we're about and they want to help provide a cheaper price, um, especially with things being so tight right now. They want to try to help out in any way they can and they believe in what service side's mission is so um, we have that as an option for those who want it but you never have to push the brand if you want rock walmart jogging pants with an old camo shirt your grandpa gave you more power power to you i'll put a video of that up with you taking your son out any day over someone hundred dollar gear you know killing a 200 inch deer you know we're about culture community um you know helping people um, you know, inspiring people. I never thought I would go hunt other states until I joined service side. Now, man, 50 states, it's going to end up happening. I already see it, you know? Yeah. You know, and you say that, but like, just in partner discounts, because I would have never looked in the Badlands if it wasn't for the partner discounts. In Badlands, look, I'm going to brag on them because I love their gear. And the, I mean, that's a Badlands service side hat, you know? Yeah. It's one of my favorites, the, the, you got the, uh, FX. Yeah. So what's funny about this, I actually have two identical ones. So I bought one because I had the service side, the, uh, cooling hoodie for turkey hunting. And I use it. I almost use it all year round unless it gets like into the seventies down here because, you know, I can use it most of the deer season. And, um, but so I bought the hat to match it. And then, uh, I did a mystery box, and in the mystery box, the hat that came with it was the same hat. So nice. like... You know, I actually have two of those also, and I have two of the FX approaches because I actually used to like that more 
But I'm actually down here. I thought it was really good in my northern cold weather gear was the the other design, um, you know, because it's brown and, you know, a little darker. So I got that one. I'm actually falling more in love with the darker one now that I'm out. And I'm starting to use the approach or whatever last. I probably have those mixed up. I can't remember which one, but you got the, the approach the, and the approach FX. The FX, I think, has more brown. And, it has more brown than tan in it. See, I like I like that one. And I, dude, I love Badlands too. And you know, people can knock all they want, but I I hunt some nasty crap. I hunt those Florida swamps. I'm soaking wet. I've been covered in complete covered in mud. You know, completely head to toe where when it dries, you're literally, it's like cracking your shirt. Um, I have um, been in the water with it. I have flipped my canoe in it. I have um, like balled up an old shirt, put it in my pocket wet, cleaned it after, was able to get like that smell out, you know, just really good stuff. And the only issue I've ever, ever had with Badlands, and this is years of just constant beating this into the ground. I even use it when I fish and stuff a lot of the time keeps the sun off my skin um but i literally man the only thing i've ever had an issue with was i broke uh like not the zipper but the drawstring on my 6500 pack on a backpack trip but dude i'm a big guy i'm like 260 i don't remember if I, I just walked like four miles i don't remember if i like pulled it you know like i don't remember because it was so that's the only time I've ever had an issue and I can send it back. No problem. I just haven't because I'm like, I, it's, it's a double drawstring. So only one of the drawstrings broke. I hear things about zippers and things like that, but you know what, man, they have a great warranty policy. And on top of that, I mean, man, I don't know. I'm not saying that Northern hunting is Northern hunting isn't hard because I do hunt it, but down here that like moisture and like the thorns, we have vegetation year round, you know how it is. Yeah. So I'm constantly getting my stuff ripped on. I've never, I'm yet to rip any of my stuff and I'm pretty, pretty hard on it, man. You, you know, like I, I, I was wearing the, the hoodie, the hoodie with the face mask for teal season. And I looked down and there's blood dripping down my hand and I'm like, oh, and I wasn't worried about my hand. It was the it was the cut that I put in the actual hoodie because I don't want it to rip anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know you said you ripped something, but yeah, man. After season, send that back, bro. That they'll hook you up, man. I, I've I've always heard great things about them. Too, we get a nasty discount, man. Yeah, and and like I said, that's what I because uh, so the and I with just Badlands, I get my membership fee back just from that, you know, just from the partner discount. So it's, and you know what? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then they got I know we got a ton of partners. It's just like but like I was telling you before, it's like I just need to if I want to buy something, I gotta wait a week. Because as many partners as we've been adding, it's like I'll buy something and then a yeah. week later it's like um I don't know if that's me. I can hear an echo. Uh no, nah, you sound like, okay. <laughs> But so I'm here, I'm sitting there and I'm like I bought a I bought a Carlson choke tube. A week later, we get a discount on them. Oh. You still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I don't know what happened to it. Uh... Yours froze a little bit, but yeah, dude, I completely I completely know what you're saying, man. And you know what? I will chill out a little bit, um, in a little bit, but I actually have a bunch more I need to put up and. Uh, 
It's a, it's a lot. I, I'm looking now, man. I don't think we there's probably not one company we don't have right now, and we're just gonna keep on. Uh, you know, we'll we'll get some more saddle companies. Um, I've been wanting to get some more uh, female companies. Um, we do have uh, some women in the group, and I've been kind of neglecting them. So um, we'll make sure we get that taken care of. Kids, we'll make sure we got some kids stuff. Um, you know, I, we want to make sure because when you say hunting community, we just don't want to be Whitetail bow hunters. I love that. We have a lot of great stuff on that. It's, you know, we're coming into that now, not saying anything on that, but we want to have everything. We want to have, because that's what community is to me, um, into, a, you know, the people that I work with. It's, we want to have everything. So, like, you know, why not be able to get your wife some stuff or your kids some stuff, especially the kids, man. We, you know, as, as, as much as people say it, I see people say it all the time. They want to get kids out there. We'll get them out there. Um, let's, let's figure out ways to, to help. And we all know when you, when you take a kid hunting, man, you're usually not hunting. You're usually teaching and showing in, in the experience. It happens sometimes, especially nowadays, you'll see like a kid kill like 160 inch deer out of a blind, like on private land, stuff like that. Um, it does happen, but you know, most of the time when you take a kid hunting, you're, you're kind of just, it's the experience. You're kind of showing them things. Um, stuff like that and you know you do get lucky and stuff like that but um, we definitely want to do more of that so we're trying to make sure we we kind of encompass all all with service side for sure yeah um you know you were talking about taking kids hunting but so my daughter is a competitive dancer she dances six days a week so i'm like i, I won't have a chance to really take her hunting but labor day weekend i took her fishing and we, we were sitting there and we were catching fish it wasn't nothing like spectacular but you know like one after the other and she was like all right daddy i'm ready to go and i'm like all right and my wife's like well you don't have to go and i was like no because the problem is if you stay out here and push her past her limit yeah she'll never want to do it again yes sir that's so, true man you you got a good that's that's the kind of parenting that i will follow like my right. kids too small right now but that's i like that because when you push someone too much they're not going to enjoy it I've done it with little my little nephews and nieces, and I've, I've taken them out. I'm like, well, we're out here. The fish are biting, but when they're ready to go, I'm just ready to pull it back, go do something else, grab lunch, whatever. That's great because you don't want her to hate it. And you know what? I Like my dad, for example, my dad wasn't a huge hunter. Big fisherman wasn't a huge hunter. It was the same deal. My grandpa and everyone in my family, man, hunting is life, dude. Hunting is life. And not, not for my dad, you know? Um, and that the thing about it is, man, some people are like that and that's okay. You can still be in the outdoors and there's a bigger picture. We've got people in service side, man, they hunt a little bit, but they fish. Service side's not primarily focused around fishing, but it's outdoor related. It's just, you know, we did start service side means deer slayer in Latin. So, you know, obviously, but that's how we started, but a little bit of everything. I like that you do that, man. That's, that's legit. And that's what I like. Cause if I, if I would have had a kid younger, I wouldn't have known that. And I like that now that I'm older and I get to talk to people like you and other people that are doing the same thing. It, I feel like it's almost going to help me to get my kid more into the outdoors by knowing that because I would push them probably too hard. You know, like my girl, I did the same thing. I started taking my girl out. She's a city girl. She don't do that stuff. And I pushed her way too hard and she does not enjoy it. She does not want to go. Um, but that was my fault. I take her to some, it's dangerous here. I take her in the swamp and when a gator's three inches from you or, 
you know it's it's you know it can be scary for some people that aren't used to things like that i'm used to big banana spiders and and snake rattlesnakes and cottonmouths and you know i'll pick up a snake and and show people you know like I, but i'm around i'm out there all the time um, i'm out there a minimum once a week so deep deep areas of the swamp so um, you know, I, I take for granted, I think, that I know that stuff. And I always tell people you – it's one of those things, man, just like knowing your area for hunting. You got to know the people you take. You got to find those limits and boundaries. And, you know, I feel like if I would have done that, you know, me and my girlfriend, she likes to fish and things like that, but she'd rather fish up north where there's no snakes. Yeah. And, like she'll like to go. But when I go, I know it's one of those things where we're going to go a few hours pick a cool part of the day, be ready for lunchtime to go eat lunch, which that's fine with me, but I'm, dude, I'm diehard. I'm dark to dark. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, that's like, if you see um, uh, the, the video I'll put out on my YouTube page, it's like uh, this, well, the week that we're recording, but it was like two weeks ago because I, it's weird being a podcast for anybody that doesn't do a podcast. It's weird because you might record two, three weeks ahead to put out. Yeah. So it's like you're referring to something that happened yesterday and it's a month ago. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you see us, we went out, we launched at daylight and got back to the launch at two o'clock and caught two fish all day long. And it's, the video is actually about that. It's about the decline in our redfish population here. But, um, and that's something that uh, as the older I get to, I start pushing towards this conservation, you know, um, I haven't, look, I'm going to be honest. I ain't shot a deer in probably four years. Oh yeah. And, and it's not because I haven't, cho I chose not to. It's because I'm the only one in my family that eats it. So if I get one deer every two to three years, I'm good. And most of the time somebody shoots one at the camp and they're like, Oh, I got three in the freezer. You want it? And I'm like, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> but Well, you know what, man? And, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's the great thing about this community. There's all types of us. Um, you know, there's, there's plenty of people just like you that, you know, need one deer to get them through two or three years, but they'd rather go teal hunting or redfish, redfishing, or gosh, go run a trap line, you know, do some predator control. You know, there's all types of people. Um, I'm real big into gardening. I, when I'm not hunting or working, I really enjoy gardening. I have a garden. I like to really do a field to table or garden to table lifestyle. Um, so I'm real big into gardening and I wish I had more time for it. My old watermelon patch is looking pretty rough out there now. I was looking at it through the window because I've been slacking, just working so much right now. We just launched a new member map. So um, that's up. So, um, but yeah, man, all types of people here. And um, are you going to try to get out a little bit this year for deer or what, oh, what are you kind of looking I hunt, for? I hunt. So I work shift work. So every other weekend I'm working. Okay. But, so I hunt, if there's 20, let's say 10 weekends in a deer season, I'm hunting five of them. But oh. I have like on my camera, I have probably, uh, or on my computer storage, I probably have. 40, 50 hours of B-roll of D, like those in the food plot. Mm. But it's like, I I don't have a need to take it. So I would rather watch it. 
We'll get and, that population up too. Get some yeah, get yeah. get you a good idea of the genes that's rolling. Get you a good idea of the buck growth. That's what we do with our turkeys. We don't we don't hunt our turkeys on our private land. I'll let some people come or like a kid, um, or you know, or someone that needs to finish a grant, like something like that. Um, usually uh, specific instances, but we actually have a turkey plot because, like I mentioned, we don't have deer near those farms. Um, so we have some hogs, but we've killed we've migrated them away from the plot. Let's just say that because you're never going to kill them all. Um, but really the turkeys and the birds are the only things that eat out of that plot. And that's what we do. We've been building it and did our flocks are 20, 30, 40 birds. They're huge, double, three, four, five flocks, um, lots of birds, um, which crazy topic we, which we should jump on is uh, predator bird control because you yeah. can't kill falcons or hawks and they're starting to, migrate in now because we've got such a big turkey population big falcons too i've never even seen a blue falcon um big big falcons and um i didn't even know they were around here i've seen eagles and and all kinds of other birds but yeah falcons in here and um and i tell people all the time like you know it, everyone has some you know there there's always like you got to put it into perspective like why did we start doing that well the per turkey population was crap um we wanted to do something about it so we started started out by not mowing the whole pasture we left just a little bit of stuff the grass the turkey started laying eggs in it and the great thing about this pasture is the way it's located it's a little bit of a slope the turkeys can actually walk around check on their nest and stuff and then go feed and they can see all the way around so they can see if predators are coming people are coming whatever and it's no one goes there so the birds have really taken on that during the spring when they lay their eggs and they love it. And it's really helped grow the population. Literally something as small as not mowing a piece of grass. Um, left that, that started working. We started killing more coyotes. We started killing more um, rabbits. We started killing more uh, crows, um, things, pretty much raccoons. We just kind of started killing more of the other animals besides turkeys and um it literally man our population's amazing it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing i always see poults um big 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 groups of poults it's it's not gobblers hens all over the place um they you know and that's the great thing about that is so you don't always have to kill something to be a to be a hunter you can watch yeah. it and, and grow it and learn it and you know you were talking about like predator control so almost every fur bearer has a reason to trap it like everything that's yellowed wood crap there's a reason you know whether it be a neutral which is the, they eat everything like they just they'll, they'll destroy habitat like in uh semi-aquatic habitat to down like a possum a lot of people are like oh possums are good but for turkey populations they're terrible because they're they're a nest predator yep so, yes sir you know i was actually talking to uh Austin Delaney from Mossy Oak Gamekeepers, and he actually turned me on to that. When we started talking about turkey population, he's like, well, how much, first thing he said, how much raccoon hunting and possum hunting do you do? I'm like, what? I was like, I haven't really coon hunted since I was a kid. He's like, well, that's your issue. He's like, you fix that first, and then we can try to figure out other outlining things. Yeah, and and that's that's the thing. That's a part of it a lot of people don't look at. And so, like, in Louisiana here, you can kill, I believe it's one coon a day by hunting. But as a trapper from November 20th to March 15th, 
you can trap as many as you can get your hands on because you're a commercial industry at that point. So like where I trap at a lot of times, you'll see me release possums, but I don't have birds. We don't have turkeys as far south as I live. So it's like, yeah, I can release a possum, but the coon will make things out of their hide. Um, if you if you actually want to try to learn how to flesh something, a coon is a great hide to learn on because it's so tough, you know? Mm. So, um, and we eat coon. I don't know if you've ever eaten it. I haven't, but I know people that have told me, like, bro, next time you kill coons, let me know, and I'll yeah. show you how to cook it right. Yeah, because uh, my neighbor cooked one one time, and you got to make sure you get the glands out because if you don't get them glands out from what I heard, you'll want to burn your house down to get the smell out of it. Like, <laughs> like a rotten buck. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and they said it's just uh, – but it was almost like a roast beef, the way he made it. Okay. I'd have put I'd have put it on a roast beef set, called it a roast beef sandwich, but uh, you know it's just and then like bobcat, I would have never thought to eat bobcat, but you can eat bobcat, really? Yeah. So the best way I had it described is you know when you go to the Chinese restaurant and you get that pork that's not quite pork. Yeah, it's like is it chicken? Is it pork? He said, uh, one of the guys was telling us he's like. That might actually be Bobcat. He said it's very similar to Ford. So I actually got a guy that's about two hours north of me, and we've been hunting together a little bit. I um, mean, he's turned me on to crow. Um, it is probably the beefiest bird. Like, if you had to relate some, it'd be like a beef-tasting bird meat. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, and that's what, you know, you, you learn these things, and especially like being in service you'll meet guys that – you say, oh, I've never eaten X, Y, Z. And they're like, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. You know? it's yeah, like, <laughs> dude. When, when you, when, do you eat the nutria or whatever? Oh, dude, they're like, so they're similar to a rabbit. They have the same diet as a rabbit. Really? Do they, they taste eat, as good as a rabbit? I think they taste better than a rabbit. And they're actually, <sighs> they're healthier. They're healthier to eat than a rabbit. They're one of the leanest meat, highest in protein, like, they're the healthiest meat, like like around, definitely. Um, now, oh. raccoon, not so much, because that cholesterol in a raccoon is just like through the roof. But, right. But yeah, neutral. Do you have a good spot where you hunt hunt them at, or? Oh yeah, we got a so we got a WMA and um, we went teal we went teal hunting and during duck season you can only shoot them with shotgun with steel shot. But right. During now. The difference is you can be running wide open shooting at neutral because they're a nuisance. You don't have to stop the boat and, you know, wait for the boat to come to a stop. It's a nuisance animal. Um, and then between duck seasons or after duck season, which is actually when we start getting cold down here is a better time because the north, the northeasterns will blow all of the lilies out of the marsh. And you'll be able to see the bank line where you can see their slides. You can see all of that. And we ride around with 22s and shoot them. You get you get five a day. And um, recently we started. So when I first learned how to clean them, they would take the back saddle up, which is just like the hind quarters of it. Because he's like, oh, there's the dude I was with was like, oh, there's no meat on the rest of it. But look, I'm the guy that don't want to waste anything. If I kill an animal, I'm going to keep everything I can off of it, you know? And, um, which is great because I'll eat like uh, hearts and stuff like that. And nobody else eats that. So I'm like, 
Oh, give me, them, yeah, give me them hearts and gizzards. Y'all can have the rest of the meat. Yeah, like. give me that. I love eating hearts, man. That's uh, that's that's a delicacy. When we do backpack trips, we always make make a little fried heart. Yeah, so, but, um, like, I've used it. So, my heritage is Italian and German for the most part. And growing up, we always, my grandma always cooked rabbit in a red gravy. So, I was like, I'm going to try that. I'm going to make a Nutra spaghetti. And I got a video on it, and it, it tastes just like a rabbit spaghetti. Hmm. I mean, I'm going to try that. Might have to come out there and see what we can do. Can uh, you kill them with uh, air rifles, too? or? I don't know. I could find out, though. So, I've been thinking about getting one because we have iguanas and stuff down here, too, and that'd be cool to do I, a little, like, invasive. I iguanas good at eating. Yeah, that, that white meat, just like frogs, man. Frogs are, I need to get more into that. I've been slacking, but frog meat is just so freaking good. If you've had like a real big frog, it's, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. its literally to me, it's very similar, I think, to honestly gator. Um, I think frog and gator are very similar taste where it's that kind of a chicken texture and look and feel, but it has almost like a fish, yeah. soft fish taste. Speaking of gators, did you get one yet or no? So, dude, I've been slacking, actually. I went out last weekend or the weekend before with Chris. I think it was the weekend before because I had a concert last weekend. Um, and we didn't get it done. We had a big storm that blew in like an hour. We seen two, but we couldn't get them close. Uh, we were on the bank, actually, and we had this big storm roll in. And that's the bad thing about right now is these freaking storms that keep rolling in. Um, and I didn't get to go, um, but I'm actually going tomorrow night. We're going to gator hunt at night uh we haven't went at night yet because legally the, this was the first year in florida that you could hunt them 24 7 you used to be able to only hunt them at night so we wanted to try the daytime and see what we could do but it didn't really work out too much so what we're going to do is we're going to go at night tomorrow night and then maybe like 30 minutes before dark we're going to put all the gear in the truck and then we're going to duck hunt for a few hours because you can't have a firearm on you when you're gator hunting. So we're just going to pack all the gator stuff really? up. Yeah, you can't have a gun on you. You can't even have your concealed. Like I heard a story one time. Um, don't know how true this is, but the story I heard was um, game warden was at a boat lock or at a dock. God killed a gator, was putting the boat back up, yada, yada, yada. He put his pistol on his hip when he got his truck and backed his truck down. Guy came up, he showed him his tags, showed him his gator, everything was cool, everything was legal, legit. Game Warden looked at him and was like, hey, you got your pistol on you. Guy was like, yeah, you know, when I got back to the boat, I, it was in the pond sole, I put it on me or whatever, I started loading up the boat. Give him a ticket for it, because you're technically not supposed to have a firearm on you when you are gator hunting. You were the gator boat, the gator gear, the gator on your thing, obviously you were gator hunting. Um, you can't have any firearms on you. When we kill gator here, you have to either kill them with a knife, a bow, harpoon, bang stick, and you have to like have them attached to you. Meaning like if you go after a gator, let's say you're fishing it or gaff hooking it, you, you have to physically be holding the thing that is holding the gator. You can't tie it to a boat or tie it to a tree or fish it from a tree or whatever like they do on like swamp people and so you can't do none of that you have to physically be touching the item that's touching or the gear that's touching the gator when you pull it in then you can kill it or whatever that's crazy so yeah like, so it, we're gonna try to get it this weekend i've got some beef lung that's been sitting out in the sun for about a week so i'm hoping that'll 
get them so, in. So the, so the difference with us is um, I don't remember the other two ways, but – and don't quote me on this, cause, and this is the way I'm going to hunt them anyway. But on ours, on the WMA, so I get – I got three gator tags this year in Louisiana I drew um, as a – as like a recreational hunter on the WMA and we have to have hook and line suspended from a tree. Like it has to be hooked. Like, like they do on swamp people where they hang the chicken above the water and they jump up and grab it. And, and a hunter can have, so as a hunter, I'm the primary person on the tag. My neighbor is a, what they call an assistant hunter. And he's, he's associated with my tag. And he's the only person that can help me with my gator. Like nobody else can touch it. So, yeah. That's how that's how ours is too. You have to ours though isn't associated with the tag, but let's say I have the two guys that are coming with me. They have to have which you get it when you get your tag. But if you don't get a tag, it's a fifty dollar helper fee. And you have to have the helper tag to help someone with a gator. Like if we're all on the boat. If that person touches any equipment at all while we're fishing, they have to have that thing. And for $50, it's worth it because they don't play around with gators, man. I'd rather kill a turkey illegally than a freaking gator. Yeah, because, you know? uh, well, I know, like, here, it's like, they're like, oh, they're endangered. And I was like, that's just because y'all don't want to try to delist the endangered status. Because yeah, they, like, we you, can, you can go here and, like, we have a piece of federal land that has – no alligator hunting at all. Long. And like during the day, you drive down the canals and there'll be a 12 foot alligator just laying there looking at you like, what you doing? <laughs> we have a lot here too, man. We're, we're overrun and it's actually been making the news. We've had a lot of people die this year. Um, there was actually a guy swimming in a lake and had his head down. And was, I don't know why these these northerners come from up north, man. They think you can just go swimming and stuff here. And I'm like, that's not – you just can't go swim across just a regular river, like, unless you got someone watching or paying attention because he literally had the gator coming in. He's swimming like Olympic-style swimming with his head down. Gator freaking crushed his skull. And this just happened. He actually yeah. lived. Um, I guess the gator realized it was a person. You know, you got some guy swimming towards yeah. a gator. They're territorial already. They're not going to back down. You're probably about the same size as the gator. And you could see it. Someone filmed it. It was They were screaming. Guy has head down. It was bad, man. We've had a lot of people that are falling into these retention ponds and been getting eaten, a lot of older older, older people. Um, they come from up north, and you got to be vigilant. I've I've been fishing in – I'm, I'm more scared in a residential area than I am in the swamp because the thing about the residential area is people are feeding them. People think they're pets. People are, they're used to people. You know, let's say a gator's on a bank and you run around the other way. You don't think a gator just saw you like leave. And now he's like, oh, cool. That person's a prey animal. That per That's the way I look yeah. at it. If that person fled and I stood my ground. Next time that happens, if they don't flee, the gator's going to be like, all right, it's time to attack. Um, you know, and that's the thing about it, man. You have to know the area you're hunting. You have to know. People are always telling me when I when I give them the pre pre list of like what Florida hunting's about, they're like, "Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna do that now." I'm like, "Dude, all it is is just paying attention." Yeah, just paying attention you know, is all it is. You know, you say that, but like, I don't I don't know if you have anywhere that has a lot of swamp tours, but what um, is it swamp tours? Like taking like to go show gators and all. Yeah, we do. Actually, a lot of the places I hunt do. Yeah. 
So where I live, <laughs> they, um, they have a bunch that run around here. And you can tell the ones that are associated with the swamp tours a lot because you'll be in like your kayak fishing or in a boat and shut down and they'll just come start coming to you. And it's like, mm. no, I don't want you to come to me. I'll no. take a, like if I know I'm going fish back there, I'll get one of them one ounce weight pyramid weights on, on the big rod. And as soon as they start coming at me, I, start, I sling it at them, you know, just to like dissociate them that I'm not going to feed you. I don't want you around me, you know. I mean, I've been around them my whole life, but I say all the time, when I was a kid, it was cool to see one alligator, you know? Now you go out there and it's like, if you if you see one every hundred feet, that's not a lot. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that video, but I was actually duck. So if I'm not yeah, gator hunting, I keep the pistol on me. If I'm not gator hunting and I'm in any other type of hunting, I have a pistol on me, ready to go. Locked and loaded, dude, because if a gator is getting too close to me, I'll fire towards it. Or it, now I don't know the legality of that, um, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to get attacked. I'm going to tell you that right now. Let's just say I take the precautions and I get attacked. Now, have I ever had to even pull my gun, unholster my gun? No, and I've been around inches from gators many a times. I've had them under my tree stand. I've walked in on them in the dark. Um, I don't use a flashlight when I go in usually. Um, so I've, I've been walked up on them. Um, and I, that video I showed you, I was actually had some birds coming from behind me and I could hear them. So I got ready up against the cypress tree and I'm by myself. And out of the corner of my eye, I thought it was a log. I could see something floating down the river. And it's probably six, seven foot gator. Um, and what's crazy was I had my canoe pulled up, but I had the cover on the canoe and I was up against this tree. So the gator knew something was going on, but wasn't really sure what was going on and wanted to check it out. He was actually coming up on the bank and I was probably, gosh, less than 10 feet from him. Um, and then he kind of, I kind of moved a little bit so he could, I usually just do a shift in my body weight. He realized what I was, he back, you know, he went. Yeah. He went um, but he actually went down and came back up. Um, he got scared, went down, came back up and was trying to see what I was. And then once he realized I was a person, he was gone. But, um, dude, vigilance, if I would have just been sitting there and yeah, he probably wouldn't have did anything, but who knows? And I, I have my pistol on me. So my girl gets terrified, you know, she's like, stop sending me that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm good. I keep it on a swivel, man. I, I try to pay attention. I don't drink when I'm out hunting or anything. No. I'm, I'm ready to go. So. That's what I, I told somebody you talked about drinking on, but like I said, I could count on one hand in the last 10 years, the amount of beers I've drank on a boat, much less oh. doing anything out, you know, because it's like. I do drink when I'm um like, if I'm uh, uh like hog hunting and stuff and we're sitting there, we, we've got old orange trailers that are like broken down. We call it the, we call it the truck cemetery. Um, and it's a spot and we'll sit in there and we'll have some beers and stuff. But I'm like a two, three bush latte kind of person, man. And then I'm, you know, I, I, it's more of, to me, it's like, um, you know, smoking a cigar. It's just sitting back. I was with Chris and, you know, we were smoking pipe tobacco. Um, you know, just a real chill, just relaxing, enjoying each other's company. I will do that. But usually any other type of hunting, um, especially when I'm handling firearms, I'm not. And I'm usually behind the camera. Like when I'm hog hunting, I'm like behind the camera. Yeah. So. You know, you know, it's but. Um, so there's a story 
I've, we were talking about when you post on social media, and I've heard you tell it a couple of times um, about unflattering pictures. And I've, I've alluded it, I think, in two podcasts already because I knew you were coming on and I didn't want to, like, ruin the story about the bear, why bear hunting isn't allowed in Florida. <laughs> so now when I say this story, I haven't actually spoken to a person of authority about this yet. I am actually trying to um, reach out through uh, the legal system to try to get bear hunting back. It's something that I'm very passionate about. I'm not doing it through service. Side. I'm doing it on my own time. Um, but um, I we are not allowed to kill bears in Florida. Now, with that being said, we are out of control. Bears are out of control. We have bear crossing signs all over the place. We have, I mean, this is Florida. Um, I have seen, physically seen bears swimming at Disney World in the pools. Um, there are bears. I always see bears. I always see bear scap. Um, it's just the bears all over the place. I've seen, I grew up in Western Virginia, big bear hunting area, dog hunters for bears, all that stuff. I have seen more bears living in Florida than I ever did in Virginia. Um, I don't know what it is, but we can't kill them. So I started digging a little bit, uh, social media, things like that. Apparently what had happened was they opened up the season. Um, I don't know what the number of tags were, but there was a limited entry amount of tags, let's say like 5,000, something like that um, for the whole state. And they had it open for like a weekend or something. It was something like that. Um, they let people hunt the bears. Well, apparently the tags were filled the first day. Um, and they took a very unflattering photo of all the bears laid out. I've not seen this photo. I don't know the rumor on it, just a little hunting tale here, but they laid the picture out. They had all the bears and some news crews, some P, you know, social media as they blew it out of proportion, pretty much PETA, a lot of anti-hunting stepped in and was like, uh-uh, this ain't flying. Um, so I tell people all the time, you can do whatever you want. When I go to Maryland, I hunt Maryland. Do we fill up pickup trucks full of deer? Pickup trucks all the way to the top. We're doing crop damage. They're crop damage permits. We don't put a dent in the population. If it ain't got spots, dude, we're killing it. It's that the farm owners are about to lose their livelihood. Like they're going to be on the street homeless because the deer eat so much of their crops and they're dependent on that. So there's a spot in Maryland that I actually have permission. Uh, we get a bunch of tags. It's like 30 tags or something. Um, and we'll kill all these deer. And we, we skin every single one of them up. We eat, every single person eats the meat. Um, I always bring a bunch of it home, um, but that's usually where we fill up meat. If I was to put a picture of that on there without that context, even with the context, we would get destroyed. I could possibly even get to the point where it affects me at work. Um, you know, with my job, you know, being in my job, I have to make sure that I'm, I'm a good pillar for the hunting community too. Um, so yeah, we understand, we understand because we heard the story um, but think about it from the other perspective. And this is what I tell hunters all the time. Do whatever you want. We just put a video last night up, a guy coyote hunting with his brother. And they headshotted one of the coyotes. And in his video, he specifically says, I'm not going to show you this. We've actually taken that part out of the video. Um, that's the way my gun set up. I was shooting it, you know, in the neck and we headshot it. And this is a coyote, you know, it's okay. In my opinion, to shoot a coyote and a hog in the head. Um, to knock it out. And um, I don't see no ethics wrong with that at all. I don't see why you need to shoot a coyote behind the shoulder. I don't, I don't know why you need to do that. But um, he was very, 
professional with how he presented that. And he goes, and he turned the coyote around when he did his, his uh, wrap up. And I really like that because I'm like, dude, you're, that's great. That's no one told him to do it. <coughs> no one mentioned it to him. He hadn't got burned before, but you want to keep that image up because when I saw that, I immediately put that video out on our YouTube channel um, because it shows culture, camaraderie, shows everything service side's about. Um, he had some education in there to help you with predator control. He was helping his grandpa out. Uh, they have farm animals, things like that. Good, good story behind it. Um, but that 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 presentation is everything. <coughs> I did a podcast with Dave Denzi of uh, Rivers Edge Tree Stands. He's the brand manager. It's one thing he told me. He said, "Man, I'll have people send me videos, and you have to obviously present it in a good way. I always want to tell someone because they might not know. Like, hey." You know, we can't show you shooting a deer in the head with an arrow. Like, we can't. That's not ethical. Like, you can't. I don't know your story, and I'm not judging you, and I don't care how you provide for your family. I, that's not what it's about. But we can't physically put that out there. Um, you know, and I try to tell people, you want to make sure that you um, you don't know who's watching. For all you know, that Peter or that animal activist, why do you want to give them ammo? Um, just like with hunters attacking each other. Like, we have enough enemies to worry about. Just because you don't see them doesn't mean they're not there. And they are documenting everything. And <clears throat> that's a huge reason why we can't hunt in Florida. Now, people can say all kinds of other things. But from I know a lot of people that are deep in the state. A lot of people have a lot of connections. Like I said, networking networking is my life, man. I, I've always been a huge networker. And um, from what I heard, it's because of unflattering this. It's... You know, you see whatever amount of bears laid out, no amount of reasoning you say is going to help. You're not going to change an anti-hunter's mind by saying, well, the reason I killed these 300 bears was because they were attacking people's dogs and they were killing chickens and they were eating all the food up. Okay, that anti-hunter just heard, wah, 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 There's 300 bears laid out on the floor right now, like with their tongues hanging out, you know, all blowed up yeah. and stuff. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't look good. So I tell people all the time, it's a blood sport. You're killing an animal. We understand that. But present it the best way you can. You know, it's the same with a person, man. You're not going to go to a funeral if something bad happened and it'd be an open casket. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, you know, when you go to a funeral, that person you care about, best clothes, haircut, makeup on, you know, if they're a female, trimmed up beard, shaved cleaned up well you know like presentation you know it's all about presentation and we can say all the time well i'm providing me that's fine but you don't want to display that you know you just you just don't it's not flattering and no company is gonna no company is gonna touch you i'm all yeah. i don't care if you kill a 200 inch deer every single day if you got stuff like that on your youtube channel and stuff take it off take it off all you are has got a bullseye on your head. It's going to keep your views down. You're not going to get where you want. We can argue all day till we're blue in the face. Well, yeah, it's a blood sport. It's hunting. Okay. Well, if you want to get ahead, you kind of got to play a little bit by the rules. Do I like the rules sometimes with certain things? No. I, if I'm going to kill a hog, I don't see what the big deal about headshot and a miss. I think that's a clean death. Um, it doesn't kill, waste a lot of the meat, and I keep an animal from running into the woods and possibly suffering. Um, you know, but – it's really hard to explain that on social media, you know? Yeah, you know, you say that, but, like, if – so if anybody wants to talk about that, like, with the, tra the trapping. So 
the state of Louisiana and the Louisiana Trappers Association agrees the best way to kill or not to kill, sorry, to dispatch uh, an animal in the trap is a 22 to the head, you know? So on, on my YouTube page, there's things I won't show. I will not show myself dispatching an animal like that because, no, look, if you've ever read a trap line, you walk up to them with a 22 pistol or a 22 rifle, you know, and shoot it straight in the head. Also, I won't show cable restraint because that's something that can do more damage than good if you have somebody that doesn't understand. Exactly. You know? But if somebody reaches out and I know they've been hunting or trapping their whole life and they understand game trails, they understand animal movements, I'm fine with going out to them personally and showing them, you know? But I don't want to just show it to everybody. And then, you know, you get 10 German shepherds in the neighbor ne neighborhood next to me that are caught. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, man. It's it's one of those things where it's like we understand there's nothing wrong with it. Honestly, I wish we were at the point in civilization where we could explain it and stuff, but we're just not there. And as soon as people see something like that, it does, like you said, it does more harm than good. And I'd rather just present it a different way. Now, we can always do how-to videos. We have trapping videos where we've killed animals, walking up to the trap, things like that back in the day. But these are things you learn from. Um, and we know how it is, man. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, we understand, but when you're walking up to that animal and it's looking up at you and it's scared and then you kill it, it's just not a good look. Um, people just yeah, don't understand yeah. it. So <clears throat> I like that you do that. Um, you know, that's one reason, you know, like the people like you, man, that's the people we have on the team. These are unspoken things. These are things you learn over time. Um, and like I said, man, I'm a big believer in like, I believe as long as it's legal and ethical, who cares, but also you kind of got to toe the, you got to play by the rules a little bit if you want to get ahead for sure. Yeah. Um, you can do that. You can shoot them in the head and show them cable restraints. And I don't think your YouTube channel is going to be as popular as what it could be. You're not going to reach the people that you want. Yeah. And if I'm going to educate someone, that's kind of something I need to educate like face to face. Yeah. Like, like yeah, come with me, I'm going to show you how to trap. Like I'm doing that in Minnesota. He's going to show me everything then I'll understand that's something I'll document for sure because yeah, there's context yeah. in it. Like, Hey, we're going to show you the stuff you can't usually see. And we're going to show you why and how, but if you're specifically just doing it as a video and even with that, you're still putting a bullseye in your head. So, yeah, you know, and I always try to, in all of my trapping videos or anything like that, like I did a trapping one one and it was basically what you need to go out and trap, you know? And I explained why you trap, what it, used for you know how there there's a I'm, i just looked at the clock we're over an hour so i'm gonna start wrapping it up but yeah man i know you got stuff i'm cool man you whenever you're ready we can always but, do another one. um but yeah so you know it you explain that these traps are ethical um if you go look at the bpm they have veterinarians that look they so they trap they look at how the traps hold how ethical it is for them to hold. Um, they look at the damage that it does to the animal. A foothold trap doesn't do damage to an animal. You know, Stu Miller with Coon Creek Outdoors. You know how he gets trap landowner permission? He sticks his hand in a 550, which is which is a five and a half inch trap. He sticks his hand in it with no glove. 
And I'm like, I'm not going to do that because I don't like pain. But <laughs> like, it's- well, I've seen people do that where they hurt it, but they show you it's one of those things where it's pain, but it's not like, you're not like, yeah. oh my gosh. No, like we caught, so <laughs> the coyote we caught last year, it was a back, hole, back foot catch, which isn't what we were going for, but it happened. And the way it caught it was, it was a, we were too young and trapping at that point to understand before we went because this was free so louisiana has a great trapper education program and then um that i would love anybody wants to know about it reach out to me i'll explain how it is and before we went to the class we didn't understand that the trap we were using was listed as a predator control trap from cabela's kit and it was actually more for bobcats not for coyotes so the trap was a little too small and it grabbed it kind of fun it it held it kind of funky. We didn't show any of that because we didn't want to, you know, put that bad out there. But if that coyote would have pulled out of that trap, she would have, you would have never known that she was trapped. So, but, um, so I don't know if you heard the last podcast, but we have started a Spotify playlist and it's kind of something that the guest gets to leave a mark on this playlist that people can go and listen to it. So it kind of leaves the personality with it. And what we do is three songs that you listen to either while hunting or being in the outdoors or anything like that. Like three songs that I listen to? Yeah. And I mean, look, I'm letting you know, it goes from, it ranges from man, I feel like a woman to like. Let's go girls. (laughs) So, um. I'm a okay. So let me let me think here. Um, three songs that I always listen to would definitely be. And this is weird, but um, I always like that song. It's called um, I think it's called Popular Monster. I believe it's called, and it's by gosh, gosh, it's like a metal song. Let me let me see real quick. Um, I'm the worst with names. Um. So it's by it's called it's from Falling in Reverse and it's Popular Monster. I I I listen to that um, when I'm kind of getting into the woods. I'm kind of a metalhead. I love country, but I like old school country like Johnny Cash and stuff like that. Um, but I I'm kind of a metalhead, so I like which this isn't really metal. It's more like hard rock. Um, but popular uh, Popular Monster. Um, another one that I like is. Hmm. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of Muscadine Bloodlines. So I'm a big turkey hunter. That's kind of how I got turned on to them. So I would say another one would be uh, Me On You by Muscadine Bloodline. I like that one. Gets me chipper. And I guess if I had to pick another one, it would be... Hmm. Oh, this is a hard one. I like I like a lot of bluegrass. So I grew up with bluegrass. So I would say probably like um let's do what is it called? Sorry. Let me see. Oh, you're good. Uh I would yeah. say probably like probably like maybe like Earl Scruggs probably like cripple creek would probably be a good that creek 
Yeah, either Cripple Creek and Foggy Mountain Breakdown, or, or I like Earl Scruggs. So um, those are two Foggy Mountain, probably Foggy Mountain Breakdown would probably be a a good one. But Cripple Creek's up there too. So I, I'd probably say those three songs. I always listen to those three. They always come up on my Pandora. I always end up listening to them either when I'm going or coming. Um, but a little bit of metal, a little bit of country, a little bit of newer country. Um, yeah, but yeah. I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of pretty much everything. And, and that's kind of what the whole playlist is for. Because, and look, you sit in the duck blind long enough. Because the reason I say duck blind is because you're talking the whole time until you see birds, right? Right. You sit in the duck blind long enough, somebody will start singing some off the wall song. And then it becomes like stuck in everybody's head, and everybody sings it the rest of the day. You know what? <laughs> At, at work, when I always talk to Allie, like on Monday morning, I always hit her with the "Let's Go Girls." <laughs> it just—it's always stuck in my head, and I'm always—I don't know—it just gets me hyped. But music's up. Music's great, man. I—I I listen to a lot of music. Um, I like everything. Um, I would say probably the only thing I don't listen a lot to is like newer country. Um, I listen to it a little bit, but I'm really, really, I grew up bluegrass. My whole family played bluegrass, you know, picking in the grid. And I think that's why I liked Muscadine Bloodline so much is because they do a lot of acoustic stuff. <clears throat> but those are definitely, I just went to a Muscadine Bloodline concert. Um, we do a lot of podcasts with them and uh, great guys, man. They hooked me up with some tickets and stuff. And I went there to Gainesville not too last weekend and uh, got to meet them, hooked them up with some server side stuff and uh, great guys, man, outdoors, man. I'm hoping to have them down here to do some Turkey hunting next year. Um, but that that's a big band that I like and seeing them in concert was even better. You know, there's some artists that you see in concert and it's like a whole different level than, and they're not one of those people. They don't do like the, um, they're a big, big name in the country industry, but they don't have like labels and stuff. Like they do their own thing, which I love. Yeah. You know, that's like um, some, some of the other, one of the other guys on the playlist is um, them old ghost and Tofield Bourgeois. And hmm. they, so Tofield's like the character looking for a circus. So them old ghost is like a rock band. And then he does like kind of more folky, like swamp, not swamp pop, but like folky, in the swamp music and oh, okay. I, I know him he lit um so his fishing charter is like less than a half a mile from my house <laughs> so after the storm i met him a few times and helped him out he's helped us out with stuff around here so i put all of his music in my neighbor i was like yeah you can't do anything by him all of his stuff is already on the playlist <laughs> you know speaking of him when you brought him up which i don't know why i didn't think of this i guess just being put on the spot <laughs> i wasn't expecting a. have got so many favorite songs but tyler childress so where i grew up like his type of music is how i grew up like when he sings um between him and a mix of jelly roll i don't know if you listen to jelly roll but it just reminds me of my childhood growing up in the mountains you know i grew up in a rough rough area you know grew up rough so um a mix between jelly roll and tyler childress is probably a the best uh example of of my lifestyle back then but um tyler man he's when i hear him i'm like man like i used to go up on the mountain with my dad and we used to fill up creek jugs and you know with spring water and all that stuff so i can i can relate when you talk about when you find that type of music that actually relates to like where you're from because we're you're like louisiana is just like florida like there's nothing to compare it to we can't even yeah. compare each other's states 
Um, they're so different. But but you know what's funny? Like if you actually start looking at like the state, Louisiana and Florida are probably the closest. Like when it comes to hunting or anything like that, if if you can't find somebody in Louisiana that does it or in Florida, look at the that other state because there's yeah. it's 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 very similar. It's, it's very similar as far as like the terrain and like, you know, almost the way that the, the, I mean, you guys are a little more North if you look at it, but, um, so you probably get a little colder than what we do, but it's the same type, you know, cause you guys are like a peninsula too, kind of, yeah. right? Yeah. We, uh, so actually where I live, I'm like 30 miles from the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. So, um, Hold on. I'm 30 miles from the Gulf. I'm 25 miles South of New Orleans. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I'm kind of like, if, if you look, so if you're looking at the state of Louisiana, where the Mississippi River comes down, you'll see like that big bay. And I'm at the pretty much the top of that big bay now, because we don't have any marsh between us and there anymore. But uh, so if we get like our cold days might be in the 20s, but that's one day, you know, it turns around and it's, it's back to the 60s the next day, but so do you fish Lake Ponchartrain? Ponchartrain? Um, that's actually on the other side of the river. Um, I'm further south than that. You're like, south, like Lake Salvador? Lake Salvador is actually, so if I could see through my wall right now, I'd uh, be on the south end of Lake Salvador. Like 10 so minutes you got away. two W, you got Salvador WMA, and then you got a national preserve. Yeah, so, yeah, so the Salvador WMA is where we hunt the neutron okay um, and then what about uh, do you hunt timkin timkin so salvador timkin is now one management area but they've just never they've never officially changed the name so like when you check in on it it's salvador timkin it's not like two different things so see we have wmas like that too where one side of the river is one and other side of the river is the other it's it's confusing but i tell you what man when you can get in there with a boat that's some good hunting in those spots man yeah and, and that's how, like, Salvador's only accessible by boat, hmm. um, which we don't hold ducks down here, like, as, oh, really? like to speak of. Like, they all – they so they follow the river down. I guess that's the easiest way for them to go. And we're just far enough off of the river that they don't really – like, they'll they, – you might catch them on a stop, but they're not going to be here all year, you know, no. during the migration. They'll stop here and then go keep going. But, uh, yeah, so – we're at an hour and 30 minutes, so we're going to wrap this up. Anytime you want to come back. <laughs> yeah, man. Invite me anytime. I'd love to do this. I'm always willing to talk about hunting, service side. If you got people, I'm obviously I'm no expert, but there's certain things when it comes to Florida, public land swamp hunting, I would consider myself seasoned. Um, I'm, I do a lot of fishing, uh, mainly freshwater. I do saltwater, but if you want help with something, I would be more beneficial with, with freshwater and then, um, hunting the swamps. Turkey's my thing. I love swamp birds. You know, I kill turkeys with water up, up to the halfway up their leg. Um, I love, I love turkey hunting. It's one of my favorites. I'm actually doing more bird hunting this year than I am big game just because I've been slacking on it. Um, so I'd love to get back on. I, I definitely appreciate you having me. Um, if anyone's ever interested in Servicide, hit me up. Um, it's servicesite.com. We even have a spot on there where you can uh, like text me on it or whatever, and it'll come right to my phone and computer. Um, and, uh, you know, if you ever have any questions, let me know. And I, I hope this uh, podcast, I hope your listeners like this podcast, man. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I'll leave all your information, all the information in the show notes below for Servicide. Um, 
anytime you want to come neuter hunting or experiment, see what hunting is down here. Uh, not going to say if neuter hunting, I can get you neuter in the wintertime. That's, that's almost a guarantee. It might take us two days, but we could get them. You know? <laughs> I'd be, I'd be, I, dude. And you know what? I tell people, and this is one thing about hunt link and I'll, I'll stop talking is, uh, you know, I just set the expectation like you did. You know, it's it's set an expectation like, hey, most of the time we're successful when we go do this turkey hunting, dove hunting, whatever. But there's it's still hunting. You know, there anything can change. So when I come out there, I have that in my head of like, if we get stuff, that's great. It's gonna be awesome. Who doesn't want to? Who doesn't love being successful? But if we don't, man, just go into another state and experience in that type of hunting I've never done, I, I 100% would be down for that. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, so that'll wrap it up. Remember to thank a veteran and hope to catch you on the B-side of the outdoors.